through Christ, we possess the power for positive change. And it's a power that we should harness often and wield freely with joyous hearts. Last year, God led us to be confident and to be called. We sharpened our message, we engaged our world, and we courageously shared Jesus. Acts chapter 17, verse 26 says that God gives us life and breath, and he has set the boundaries of our dwelling places so that those around us might find him. You've shared Jesus in your neighborhoods, in your workplaces, and even closer to home in your families. Well, now it's time for us to, to zoom out a little bit and focus on our community through a wider lens. It's time for a more concerted effort to heal a part of town that desperately needs God's love. And just as God placed each of us in our home, our job, our relationship, he placed this church in Northeast Springfield. And this part of town has never needed us more than it does now. And God is filling our hearts like never before. Never better. That's our mission. And the work God is doing inside our hearts is changing our desires, changing our wants, changing our inclinations. And as we learn to treasure Christ above all else, I believe God will be able to use us in ways that will never be forgotten. Your incredible giving this spring was nothing short of transformative. Such a gracious outpouring. What we were hoping to raise in four offerings, you accomplished in just two. And now with the mortgage paid off, Praise stands ready to serve the, the surrounding schools, to serve the surrounding neighborhoods. We're already meeting with principals and with teachers to find out how we can partner with them to improve our schools and truly make a difference. We're looking at new and lasting ways to impact the lives of those who are living in Northeast Springfield. The debt on the building is paid, but we still owe our neighbors. We owe our neighbors a debt of love, and it's a debt we're going to pay in full. Our hope for Northeast Springfield has never been better, and I've never been more thrilled about what the future holds. I'm so glad we're taking this journey together. Yeah, that's kind of how I feel too. <laughs> I am stoked, stoked for today, and I'm stoked for many of the different things that we're doing today and, and, and in all of the celebration. I'm stoked about the fact that all of it is just turning glory back to God. That's really what we want to do uh, this morning in everything that uh, we accomplish. Um, and so we're excited for everybody who's joined us this morning. Again, if you're a guest here with us, this might be a little slightly different uh, than what you would normally find in the service, but there are some elements of the service that I'm probably more excited about um, than, than anything else. And this element, this part of the service today is probably... Uh, one of those. Uh, because this morning we have, uh, Liz mentioned Dr. Travis is here today. We're stoked um, that she is here. Truman Elementary is, I believe, the best elementary school in all of Springfield. And that is a direct result of the leadership of uh, Dr. Jolyn Travis. There's no doubt about that in my mind. And so I'm stoked to have her with us. We also have some other special guests with us here this morning 
Um, and so as part of that, because of the fact that we have the last two pastors here of Praise Assembly, Pastor Burris and Pastor Fent, I felt like it would be an appropriate time for us to just uh, take a moment for me to ask a few questions of them and to give them an opportunity to speak into uh, the life of Praise Assembly. And I know you all love them the way I love them, and I'm thankful for them the way I am thankful for them, right? And so... Uh, as Praise Assembly, as, as the people of praise that I know you to be, um, I would just ask, would you just warmly welcome uh, Pastor Billy Burris as he comes this morning? Pastor Burris, do you mind coming? And then would you warmly welcome Pastor Kenneth Fent this morning as he comes? Awesome. Awesome. Uh, you may be seated just in time uh, for me to introduce also and to properly thank uh, the, the ladies who ha actually made this church what it is behind the scenes often, but we're doing the work. And so unfortunately, Glenda Burris is unable to be here today. I know she really, really wanted to. Um, we're going to be sending flowers to her, and, and we're recording this service in order that she might be able to uh, participate in it. Glenda, we love you. We, we are so thankful for you, and we're so sorry you weren't able to make it. But we know that you're here with us in spirit, so thank you. Thank you for that. Would you say thank you also then to uh, Amy Fentz? And then to Elizabeth Beauchamp this morning. So in my mind, there, there's, there's two that are responsible for the fact that I'm the pastor here at Praise Assembly currently. First is the Holy Spirit. We'll say that that's the case. Number two is Amy Fent. So um, without, she, was, she has been a blessing to us personally, and we're so incredibly thankful uh, for her and we're thankful for these men too and I appreciate you guys and and really truly they have poured into my life and obviously have poured into this church and we're so incredibly thankful uh, for them so part of what we're hoping to accomplish today um, is to give them an opportunity to just just to share a little bit for me to ask them a few questions that I would like to share with them or, or to ask them and to hear a little bit about but then also to give them an opportunity again as I said already just to speak into the life of, of the church. Um, I, I would say just in general, there's very few people that I would say, okay, just blanket statement, here you go, speak into the life of this church moving forward without knowing ahead of time what they might say. Um, anytime anybody else gets up on stage, they have to run it behind, ahead of me, ahead of time, run it by me. Not really, but, um, but just that kind of uh, carte blanche. But of course, of course, of course, 
Pastor Burris and Pastor Fent have that opportunity as they spoke into the life of this church for, for years and years. And so um, we're going to get to that in just a little bit, but I have a few questions that I want to uh, specifically ask them as we're, as we're getting into this uh, this morning. And so there's just going to be a few questions. I'm going to allow them an opportunity to kind of uh, uh, just share a little bit about what, what came before and kind of how we are, where we are uh, today. And so I'm going to start with Pastor Burris, if you don't mind. I'd like to begin with you. I just have a, uh, a question, just kind of, again, just open, open-ended, but, but what are you most thankful for, for during your time here at Praise Assembly? Well, uh, thank you, Pastor. I uh, have thought that uh, over a little bit. And I came in uh, 1984, and I stayed till 07, about 23-plus years. And God was good. I remember the, uh, the uh, Sunday that, that they voted on me, and the board asked me if I would mind to field uh, questions from the floor. And I said, I, I would be happy to do that. And uh, there was, you know, there's Bible college students in this town, and, <laughs> and they had uh, gotten some thoughts from some of the colleges. And they said, would you mind to tell us what your weakness is and what your strength is? <laughs> Real good questions. I had not been asked that before, but uh, I knew uh, immediately my, my weakness is administration. You know, I look at these two guys, and I realize that, that God brought some guys that uh, was better and uh, more capable at that. And, uh, but the greatest, in answer to your question, uh, well, let me tell you what my strength is. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was hoping there was something in there. <laughs> uh, yeah, okay. My strength is consistency. I just keep going, Amen. and uh, uh, that's basically by the grace of God, okay? But anyway, in answer to your question, I took a little side road there, uh, Alan, but uh, the best, greatest blessing of my 23 years of pastoring here is the people that I dealt with and the people that I met. Had a wonderful board during the 23 years. I've heard deacons make, or I've heard pastors make fun about their deacons. I had a tremendous board through those years. It changed, and and sometimes guys would get all of me. They could stand, and they had resigned from the board, and I understood that. But it was always in unity that we were, and uh, I had wonderful people. I had wonderful staff. And God just blessed me uh, with personalities. But then I think about that in a broader way. The missionaries that I met, it was while I was here that I was privileged to go into Africa for several weeks at one time. And I went to Ivory Coast. I went to Togo, Lomi, Togo. I went to uh, Central Africa, to Brazzaville, Congo. I went to Ouagadougou and Burkina Faso. And in all of those uh, meetings, I went to Bamako, Mali. I went to Niamey, Niger. In all of those meetings, there was a trail back to Praise Assembly and the missions giving of this church. Mm. I was privileged to go to Cuba. Everett Ward 
was my uh, guide there, and and I shared in uh, a seminar of fourth year Bible college students in Cuba, and uh, I was honored to go to uh, Vienna, and I spoke at Vienna, at Vienna Christian Center, and then over into Budapest, Hungary. I saw Jocelyn here. Uh, they were gracious hosts. There was always a connection back to this yeah. church. So in answer to your question, the greatest blessing is the people that I met. Let me just add one more thing. As a young pastor, I began to glean from pastors at district meetings. Yeah. I gleaned from Paul Lowenberg. I was excited when I heard that Paul Lowenberg was going to be a speaker at our district council or at our summer camp meeting. I met guys, and I looked forward to being with them when I was pastoring 65 miles south of here. I would come up to Calvary Temple, and I gleaned from a man by the name of Stuart Robinson. Mm -hmm. And I was blessed because many Sunday nights I would look, and I was preaching to Paul Lewenberg. And I couldn't figure him being here because of some connections here in town. But I would go back and greet him, and he'd say, Pastor, I'm here every Sunday night. I love it here on Sunday night. I was blessed. I was blessed by Stuart Robinson. Mm -hmm. So God brings us full cycle, full yeah. circle. Well, and that's part of where even I have benefited from your ministries uh, here at Praise Assembly personally, the discipleship and, that I've experienced under both of your leadership uh, just has, has been a huge boon to me uh, personally, and so we're thankful for you in that same way. Uh, Pastor Fent, what is uh, one of the things that you would say you're most thankful for, for during your time here at Praise Assembly? Well, you know, it's, it's kind of hard to probably to pick one, and it's just hard to pick out one thing, uh, because in our time here, too, identifying with what Pastor Burris was just saying, there were times that I, I just kind of felt in awe of who walked our hallways mm -hmm. and sat in our pews, you know, and the, and the mighty things that they had done for God and that I had the privilege to, uh, to actually serve in the, in the leadership role here at the church. It was amazing. Um, Amy and I have always said that Praise Assembly was the least judgmental church that we had ever been a part of. And I always attributed that to Pastor Burris's heart, to his nature, to his lack of judgmentalism toward people. And I think that really became just so clear and evident to us in our final year that we were serving here at the church when uh, all of a sudden I went through a, you know, a crazy, many of you know, I went through a crazy health situation. I had multiple surgeries and everything just kind of went crazy. And uh, I mean, I was in the hospital for a month. After I got out of the hospital, I was laid up at home for a month. When I returned here uh, to the church, I was preaching with a man bag over my shoulder and a hose running to my stomach uh, with a wound back. And here was the marvelous thing to me is how loving and gracious and non-judgmental everyone was through those times that they just still loved us. I didn't hear people complaining. Pastor Allen might have covered it up. He was our associate. <laughs> I don't know. 
Whatever happened, it happened, but I didn't hear people griping and complaining about what was going on. And I, and I, just, I just commend this church for such a spirit of love and such a spirit of non-judgmentalism that, uh, that for me as a pastor was an embrace to me and that we experienced not just with that incident but other incidents as well. But that one in particular, I think, kind of yeah. probably no doubt sticks out Absolutely. in my mind. Absolutely. So uh, you mentioned just going off on a rabbit trail here. Are you guys both working on your Euro mullets? Is that something that you guys are? Because well, I'm definitely. I had on one halfway down my back, and then, and then uh, I thought, well, I can't go to praise that way. <laughs> so I, Too much of a party in the back, I suppose. So I, I went ahead and cut it off this week. Uh, both of you, of course, uh, were were served in various uh, kind of key historical moments here at Praise Assembly uh, in, in relation to the facilities and, and even kind of in sewing into where we are uh, here today. And so I was just wondering if briefly both of you could just talk really, really briefly about Pastor Burris. Can you tell us a little bit about when we were getting ready to build the facility? I've, I know that there was some pressure to build and you felt like there were some things that you wanted to see first. And, and if you don't mind just kind of briefly sharing with us a little bit about what that looked like. Uh, I'd be happy to. I, uh, when I came, I don't really know what the numerical size of the church was. Uh, I, uh, I remember that I didn't, and this is uh, probably a weakness on my part. Like I said, I'm not an administrator. I didn't find out how much this church was in debt. And uh, they had just moved out here on this 40 acres and uh, anyway, uh, there was quite an indebtedness and the finances were not the best in the world, but God is faithful. And yeah. we'd seen that uh, begin to accelerate gradually. And also uh, the attendance. And there was a time when we were worshiping in the uh, North Hall and I would look back and there would be chairs in the first foyer and then there was two, two glass doors, and then there would be chairs in the other foyer. And maybe I missed timing, but I felt like that we needed to have a nest egg before we began to build, because there was a lot of people that believed that it was wrong for a church to go in debt to build. Uh, several people in this church, that's their conviction, and I admire them. I don't agree with them. There comes a time when the need is greater than what interest you'd be paying, the need to accommodate people. So I was praying, and I don't mean to sound, try to sound spiritual about this, but I felt like if we raise a million dollars or uh, right at that before we begin, that will uh, impel us to, to get into this in a correct and right way, so we did. During the time we were raising that, there was a lot of discontent. Some people left and went to another church, not too many, but a few did. And I would hear things like this. Uh, you know, there was a soundboard here in the back of the North Hall, and that was the domain of uh, Tim Stratty and Phil Farron. You know, they were, and, and thank God for them, the greatest, the greatest uh, sound men. And you knew it was gonna be right and uh, I was standing there getting ready for the 
1030 service and one of my closest friends came up to me and he said, when are we going to build? And I said, when we get a million dollars. He said, I don't know why you say that because he said, there's churches in our town that's built two buildings while we're waiting to build one. Why don't we build? Well, that was my my inspiration to go to the pulpit. <laughs> I fought the I fought the desire to answer that in an ungodly way, but but I just uh, uh, you know that there was people that were uh, just uh, chomping it to bits to build, but uh, we reached that uh, plateau, and that was when we turned ground. Hmm. And part of the, then the reason why today we are where we are is because of some of the, the sowing and the fact that you, you did. You held, you held, you held, and in spite of the back pressure you were receiving, of course, I honor that, and I'm thankful for that because I get to benefit uh, from that seed and that difficulty, that cost you paid personally, I get the personal benefit from. So I, I, I thank you for that, sir. Uh, Pastor Fent, then there was another difficult time in, in praises history, especially during that recession, that time when, when uh, just all across the United States there was just that uh, financial recession. And, and, and I know that even here at Praise Assembly, we felt some of the effects of that, and there were many different ways we could have gone from that. Um, and I was wondering if you would just tell me a little bit about that time here at Praise Assembly. Uh, yeah, that was a really difficult time, and, and I, I'm thankful for... Uh, I'm thankful for the staff that we had, which you were on at that time. That's really that what I was hoping to hear. <laughs> All right, well, let's. <laughs> so I want to. <laughs> well, you told me to bring that out. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> no, no, just kidding. Uh, but we, man, the economy tanked. And the church finances were down. We had a healthy mortgage every month. Uh, and, uh, you know, we didn't, we wanted to, we felt like we could refinance because one of the benefits of the economy tanking is that interest rates just went to nothing. And so we decided to refinance. We, we refinanced and were able to actually drop the amount of payment to about $5,000 a month. But at the same time, we didn't want to back off what we were putting toward the mortgage. It would just keep taking longer and longer to pay off. And so we continued to make the same amount of payment with that additional, you know, going toward the principal. I'm really thankful uh, to Richard Hahn and others that were a part of helping yeah. spearhead that and Tim Strafty and those guys uh, for putting that together. Thank you guys, really. One of the things, as far as the staff, as I mentioned, that was a real blessing is it really got tight. And because we didn't want to back off of the payment any, uh, we, decided, we decided that what we would do is that we would just not, be, we would just not uh, bring in the cleaning companies to clean the building and that we would clean the building. And so as a part of our just regular duties every week, you know, we were vacuuming and cleaning bathrooms and do it. we just divided the building up and the staff went along with that. I got it. I kind of got blessed along the way. I did it for about a month or two and then people started feeling really guilty that the pastor was cleaning toilets and stuff. And so people started saying, I'll come and do that for you, pastor. <laughs> and so, so I kind of got off easy, but, but, uh, it was a little bit of a difficult time and, uh, but 
And God brought us up out of that, and, and I'm thankful. But even in that same thing where we've got, you could have gone a different direction, you could have dropped back and had more finances available, but instead you kept pushing at that same level, and as a result now today, we are benefiting from that difficult seed sown in a difficult time, and now we get to benefit from that. And so uh, we're thankful for you and for your you know, time and service here at Praise Assembly. Um, now comes the part of, the, of this that um, I would never give to anybody else, um, but I would just ask, what is one thing without hearing ahead of time, what that might be? Pastor Burris, what is one thing you would encourage or exhort or, or kind of speak into the congregation here at Praise at this point in our history? Well, uh, just quickly, uh, what has happened here is partially my vision in that I feel like it weakens churches when a pastor leaves and they have somebody come from outside that church that doesn't really know the, the ways of that church, that doesn't really know that congregation, and maybe they've done something else in another town that would not necessarily work here. And I feel like that that resume thing is for the business world, and I don't think it's really for the church world because nobody is going to put on their resume something that would be a weakness or that they are not a good administrator. They're not going to put that on a mm -hmm. uh, resume. So to, to have someone inside the church, I feel like that is God's plan. And I look back over the 50-plus years I've been in pastoral ministry, and I made mistakes, uh, guys, during those first years. Uh, by not raising up someone in that church, I feel like that that's a pastor's responsibility. And I know that's a little bit different. But what I would like to say is, you know, the pastor you've got now is, I believe, God's man for this church at this time. And he is, he is also... He, he is also uh, extremely competent and capable and has the ability. I was thinking about how he'd put together this, this, uh, this celebration today. Uh, if I were here during the uh, mortgage burning, uh, we'd stand down here at the front and strike a match. <laughs> and, uh, and we'd burn the mortgage and then I thought I'd probably have Roy Clark to sing, thank God, and Greyhound, it's gone, you know, or something like that. The mortgage is gone. Uh, that, that would be my extent of, of, of doing that. But this man, he is able to lead you, and he's able to take you into innovative and creative ways as you just follow him. And uh, I, I, my admonition, admonition, pardon me, to just, just follow Keep unity. When the church has unity, in fact, God gave us an illustration of unity on a negative side. He saw some people building a tower in a place called Babel. If you ever notice, that's a long A on that word. It's Babel. He, he, he saw some guys building a tower, and he said, we've got to stop this. And he confused the languages because he made this statement. 
it is impossible to stop them and they will do what they've said they do if they stay in unity. And that's what I'm telling you, church. Stay in unity. Amen. It may not be going exactly the way you want it to go, but stay in unity. Be flexible and realize that, you know, none of us have a corner on the total will of God. Amen. 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 Well, thank you, Pastor Burris. Pastor Fent, what is one thing that you would exhort or encourage or uh, uh, give an admonition to this congregation at this point in our history? Well, I'm excited to, to see that you are already making plans to, be, to, to do new and bigger things in the local schools around here and think, because that would be my heart and my admonition would be, uh, what a celebration, a great time to celebrate paying off the mortgage and doing these, but you know what, it's not time to back up, Amen. it's not time to slack off. It's time to step in and push in more, give more, serve more, do more. And as you do that, and now, and now with the mortgage being paid for, it's going to free you to be able to do more and, uh, and to reach out into the community more or to add more, uh, to add more to your campus or whatever needs to happen. And I know that God's going to give leadership to Pastor Allen and, and the board and others that are involved in that. And just as Pastor Burris said, you know, get in there with them, work with them, work in unity. Don't back off because the mortgage is paid for. Step in even further Amen. and be excited that now we're able to do new and fresh things with that. Amen. Amen. Um, absolutely. Uh, if you don't mind, Pastor Burris, do you mind just leading us? And I'm going to invite everybody to stand in a moment. And if you would just lead us in a prayer of thanksgiving. And then Pastor Fenn, if you would just pray a prayer of blessing over this church. Just start with Pastor Burris with the prayer of thanksgiving. Then Pastor Fenn with the prayer of blessing. Would you stand with us today as we end with just a time of prayer over this. And, and just trust the Lord with this church. Let's pray. Pastor Burris. Let us pray. Hallelujah. Heavenly Father, what a great day that we're experiencing because of your faithfulness yes. because of your provision and Lord you've had your hand on this church from the time uh, that it was started many years ago when Ralph uh, Riggs sent a group uh, to Central Park at Central and Prospect and it became Eastside Assembly Lord from the time that that was uh, begun. Lord, you had your hand on it. And I thank you that you still have your hand on this church. Thank you. And Lord, I believe that it's a lighthouse to the northeast part of Springfield. And now you've given vision and it's been proven that there's vision here for touching this part of town and this part of the city. And I just pray, Lord, your blessing on this church. Yes. Lord, I pray that you would be a friend to its friends and be an enemy to its enemies. And I pray, Father, that you would always hold that banner before them, Lord, that all things are possible to him that believes. And, Lord, we just pray for faith. We pray for continued, uh, consistent, yes. believing God for the things that this church needs. Bind them together in unity as never before, Lord. And just yes. give us, Lord, your will. And we will stand back and say, God is faithful, and God works yes, through Lord. this particular yes, local Lord. body, and it's going to be exciting, Lord, and we thank you for it. Thank you for this day, Lord, it's because of your beneficent blessings that we have seen this mortgage paid, 
And it's because of your manifold blessings that your people have been faithful. And, Lord, I just pray. I just ask you to enlarge their faithfulness. Yes, Lord. And may it continue, Lord, to just accumulate and grow as they walk with you in Jesus' name. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Now, prayer blessing. Lord, we just are are grateful that we've been able to be a part of what you've done here. Just to play a little part, what you've done at this great church family. And, uh, and Lord, we just pray now as this church moves forward, as they move into the days that are ahead, I just ask that you would just anoint them with your presence, yes, Lord. that you will just set them apart to do a mighty work here in this area of the city. Yes, Thank you for the vision that you're putting in Pastor Allen's heart. And I just ask that, uh, that this church will be a blessing into the school yes, system, will, yes, be a, will be a blessing to the needy, will be a blessing to to families in this part of the city. And we thank you that you're going to do that. We believe it with all of our hearts. And we just ask God that you will just use this church in in an even greater fashion than you ever have before. Yes, Lord. I pray when they gather to worship and celebrate your goodness every week, this place will be filled more and more and more. And I just thank you for the wisdom and the vision that you're going to bring, Pastor Allen and and the church board and the people who are here. And we pray your blessings on it all. We ask that you will release the blessings of heaven, that you will open the windows of heaven, pour out blessings on this body of believers. They're not even able to receive them all. And we thank you for doing it in Jesus' awesome name. Amen. 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 Would you give them one more thank you and round of applause for their service today? Just a little thank you from the church just to say thank you for taking the time today. We appreciate you all. And Pastor Burris, we appreciate you. you. Wanted to say thank you uh, to you. Thank you so much. We're so glad you're here to celebrate at our mortgage burning party. Everyone is invited to stay after service for free Smoke and Bob's barbecue lunch and yard games and inflatables on the lawn until 2 p.m. Check out the insert in your bulletin for details. And as we're heading into July, we're excited to have our neighbors over for a late night summer movie night on the lawn. We want you here on July 19th to help show Jesus' love to our community. Head out to praise.fyi for information about events and groups happening at Praise. Praise.fyi, your place for everything praise. Awesome. Well, it is not just the pastors here at Praise Assembly who have had a huge impact on this church. There are so many, countless, and and not including any of those who've faithfully been and participated and given we wanted to just specifically mention a few individuals who have just to this point have probably made one of the biggest impacts specifically along with pastors there is um, just this real connection between a pastor and the treasurer right between the the heart and and the money (laughs) between the pastor and the person who's helping to find out how are we going to make this happen and and so just throughout the years we've been blessed with some great treasurers and so I'm going to just invite our treasurers for the last decades and decades to come down. If Carol Jackson, do you mind coming down to the front today? Uh, Tim Strathy, if you would come down to the front today. Richard Hahn. 
and Michael Sanders. If you guys would come down uh, to the front today, if you don't mind coming up on stage uh, this morning. Um, really, truly, when I say these, these guys are responsible not just for, for helping make things happen, but for stewarding faithfully the finances of this church. And, and really, where we are financially as a church is a direct result of the faithful ministry of this group of men right here, which goes back decades. And so if you guys don't mind coming to the light, they, they normally stay in the dark. We hide them away, the treasurers. But if you guys don't mind, just come on over here. So this is an opportunity for us to say thank you to them. Uh, Carol Jackson, who served directly as Pastor Burris's treasurer for decades, decades, as just as Pastor Burris's tenure, longest tenured pastor here at Praise Assembly, longest tenured treasurer here at Praise Assembly. And so we wanted to give a thank you to you and give the church an opportunity to say thank you uh, to Carol Jackson. Faithful ministry was, was through that time um, as the building of this facility and the retirement of debt on the previous, just an incredible blessing for many, many years, and not just for a brief time, but for many, many years in, in that way. We wanted to say thank you. Tim Strathy, who Tim Strathy, if you don't know about Tim, uh, Tim is probably, I've said multiple times, Tim Strathy is, has probably had one of the greatest impacts on this church um, in, in key moments in the history of this church. And so if you would say thank you uh, to Tim Strathy this morning. And helping, of course, also with the transition between Pastor uh, Burris and Pastor Fent. And then Richard Hahn. Richard Hahn, who uh, served during the, the transition from, uh, from Pastor Fent to Pastor Me and uh, Pastor Me. <laughs> That kind of morning, uh, party in the back, um, just <laughs> served through that capacity, served through that whole transition, and just so faithfully, and, and I count as a friend, of course, all of these uh, gentlemen, but, but Richard is one of those who, who constantly is, is providing a force for good here at Praise Assembly and has provided that in my own life as well. And then one of my closest friends, Michael Sanders, who has served as my treasurer here, well not mine, the church's treasurer, but during my tenure here at Praise Assembly. Would you say thank you to Michael Sanders, who is currently serving as the treasurer here? Would you uh, give them a round of applause again as those who are most responsible here for Praise, uh, where we are today in, in the financial history and just in the history of this church. This group of guys, if you see them, just say thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, because it is not just helping make things happen, but it is that faithful stewardship. And you find uh, uh, pastors and, and treasurers who do not have good relationships, but here at Praise Assembly, it has always been a good, good relationship. Just as Pastor Burris mentioned with the board, it has been the same with the treasurers. One more time, would you give them a round of applause? And as you gentlemen are seated, if you don't mind, Richard, do you mind staying on stage for just a moment here uh, today? Uh, Richard, if you don't know, Louise Ryder is bringing a gift to you this morning um, on behalf of the financial office here at Praise Assembly. If you don't know Louise, Louise, can you wave at everybody? Let's give her a round of applause, too. Louise loves the limelight and has been waiting for an opportunity to get on stage here at Praise Assembly. <laughs> 
she almost submitted her resignation. Uh, uh, Louise, who functions in that financial office here at Praise, does a tremendous job, has benefited as, as well as the pastors have from the stewardship of the treasurers here at Praise. Um, and so I felt like it was appropriate for her to bring a special gift to Richard Hahn, uh, Pastor Fent mentioned, and I wanted to mention as well. Getting some glare here off of that. Uh, I wanted to mention as well, Richard is probably um, most responsible um, for this moment right here and this celebration today. Uh, he was uh, really just provided that force for the refinancing here at Praise Assembly and, and along with Pastor Fent and making that decision to not back off the amount that we pay and extend things out, but to continue to press forward and in fact pay down faster. And so I felt like it was appropriate, first off, for us to get you a special gift. And so if you don't mind taking that gift and opening it up for us today, nothing's going to spring out at you. We wanted to get you uh, just a special jacket uh, that we don't sell or anything like that. It's just a praise assembly jacket um, that you might be able to wear and represent here at Praise and uh, elsewhere where where um, uh, you might be, just, just rep and praise, just as you have been a blessing to praise. We're thankful for you. Uh, you have been a blessing to us. We want to be a blessing to you. Would you give Richard Hahn one more round of applause today and thank you for his service here. Thank you, sir. God bless. This is a key moment here at Praise Assembly, um, and as part of it being such a key moment here at Praise Assembly, we want to recognize uh, the historical nature of this moment and uh, how it is going to, uh, just as we, we see that it's an important spot, we want to take opportunity here to appropriately and, and properly uh, just speak into the life of this church from me as well. Um, this is important, and it's important that we, as much as we party, we, we really need to focus on um, just the heart behind this moment. I've had this date circled on my own personal calendar since I became the pastor here at Praise Assembly, and as part of that, um, it's not until the last year that I think I've had really, God really kind of lead me in how he sees this moment here at Praise. And so I felt like it was important that we get a biblical view of what that looks like, what God is doing here right now, and make sure that our hearts are right uh, in that as well. And so I don't have a lot of time. I've just got a brief. I've got a clock that's counting down on the back. And uh, so I've just got a brief moment here. So all I'm going to do is I'm going to share with you three scriptures. And as part of those three scriptures, recognizing the keyness of this moment... I want to share with you two, two requests from your pastor and one command, okay? Three scriptures, two requests, one command. If you have your Bibles, if you would, open them up to 1 Chronicles chapter 29. 1 Chronicles chapter 29, it'll also be up on the screens today. Um, again, just knowing kind of what's going on in this moment, I, I, I believe God's been kind of speaking to me in my own heart about where we need step forward in this moment, but then also knowing not just that, but again, how what he's doing in this church right now, and 
I had somebody ask me, so are you going to be speaking on Solomon's dedication of the temple because that's what you do at times like this? And, and I really felt like that wasn't the right place. Instead, 1 Chronicles 29, I think, was more appropriate um, because of the fact of what's happening. So this is near the end of David's life. He's getting ready to hand the reins of the kingdom off to Solomon. And as he's going to hand off those reins, he, he has done a tremendous job of preparing the way for him. You've seen already, if you didn't have opportunity yet, what you, what you should have seen today is right now we are benefiting from the seed that others have sown, right? And so Solomon becomes king, and he's given like a softball toss, and he just gets to knock it out of the park. First thing he gets to do is build the temple, and David's the one who did all the storing up. He, he had the, the plans drawn up. He did all of the work, and all Solomon had to do was step up to the plate and knock it out of the park. And I think that it's appropriate then for us in this moment to see that that same kind of thing has happened here. We are benefiting from the work that has gone before, and, and we're excited about that. But you see here then in this moment something that I've shared with you before and something that God's been really sharing with me. It's in 1 Chronicles chapter 29, verse 17 uh, is where I want to... He's praying and he's thanking God for the fact that all of... They've just been collecting an offering for the, for the temple. And as part of that... Um, he, he uh, recognizes that, wow, it's really God who's provided this, which we've given back, and it's all God doing something on our hearts. He's the one who's working in this. In verse 17, he's praying, and he says to God, he says, I know, my God, that you test the heart and have pleasure in uprightness. In the uprightness of my heart, I have freely offered all these things, those things that David personally gave. And now I've seen your people who are present here offering freely and joyously to you. O Lord, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, our fathers, keep forever such purposes and thoughts in the hearts of your people and direct their hearts towards you. So we just finished up this series called Inclined, and that was not an accident. I believe God's been working in this and and we felt like even last year I started sensing that we needed to pay the mortgage off early and we didn't pay it off five years early or ten years early we only paid it off about six months early and we saved some money as part of that and so we were talking about it as a board of, of what's the benefit in that but really it wasn't even about paying the mortgage off early in and of itself it was the fact that God was doing something through that in our hearts and that's really what this moment is about. So we said, boy, this is a lot to try to raise. Let's see if Praise can do $50,000. In reality, we hit $80,000, right? With only taking up less offerings than we had planned, right? So we're in that. We recognize that God has been working in our hearts and he's been directing our hearts towards him, but he's also directing our hearts towards our community. And so here's my first request. That as David says, just as I recognize now, that what God's actually doing here is way more than a mortgage and a payoff. But in fact, what he's doing is he is directing our hearts towards him and through this giving process and payoff process that it's really God pointing our hearts, inclining our hearts towards him. And so he then prays, keep forever these thoughts, these are such purposes and thoughts in the hearts of your people and direct their hearts towards you. Here's my first request. 
my request is that you would pray. There's something really powerful about an entire church praying together. If you didn't experience this in February along with the um, fasting, time of fasting and praying where the whole church was praying the exact same direction, spending time fasting at the same time, I'll tell you that it's made a difference. If nothing else, we had a dedicated time that was, was focused on specifically our nation and abortion. Okay? Can I just say to you that I believe God was moving on this church in order to pray that way, along with churches all across this nation, and I, there are things that are happening that I never thought would happen, okay? When an entire church is praying the exact same thing, something happens. So here's my request. As the pastor of praise, recognizing the seriousness of this moment, my request is that you would take the rest of this year, six months, July, August, September, October, November, December, and pray along with me this prayer. First Chronicles chapter 29, verse 18. All of these scriptures will be up on praise.fyi immediately after service. Actually, it's already there. And so you can see this verse. And I am asking you as the pastor of praise, officially, this is an official request, pray this for the rest of 2019. Keep forever such purposes and thoughts in the hearts of your people and direct their hearts towards you. That's the prayer that I'm asking you to pray for the rest of 2019, every single day. Pray for this church and see what God does, okay? So that's my first request. Second request is kind of like it, except a little bit different. And for that, you're gonna have to flip over to 2 Corinthians chapter six. This is uh, all the way on the other side of the Bible. 2 Corinthians chapter six, I'm going to start reading in verse 11 there. Um, Paul, I love Paul. I love everything about Paul. I love the fact that when Paul um, planted a church, he gave them the, his heart. And so when you read the letters that Paul wrote, you hear and see all across the letter his heart bleeding out on those pages. Right? And he definitely does that with the church in Corinth because here's a church that he did have a huge impact on, most responsible for their faith in Christ Jesus, and yet they said and did things that were hurtful and painful to Paul. And so Paul says to them in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 11, here's what he says. We have spoken freely to you, Corinthians. Our heart is wide open. You are not restricted by us, but you are restricted in your own affections. In return, I speak as to children, widen your hearts also. When I became the pastor of praise early on in the process, I decided that I was going to lead in this way, that I was going to lead the church in this way, that I was going to lead the staff in this way. I didn't have a verse for it. Now I do. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 11. We have spoken freely to you, Corinthians. Our heart is wide open. I decided that I was going to speak freely with you and that I was going to lead with a heart that is wide open. Okay? I love that Paul says that here. That has been my desire and the way I've tried to lead. In 1987, there was a guy named Bobby Allison. As long as we're talking about mullets, we might as well talk about NASCAR. <laughs> Bobby Allison, 1987 at Talladega, was flying around the track. And when I say that, I mean literally. 
he was driving so fast, he hit somewhere around 204 miles per hour, flew off of the track, and ran into the fence between the track and the crowd. His car disintegrated, and all of the pieces of his car flew into the crowd. Right around that same time, Bill Elliott, twice, set speed records on the track, like 210 and 211 miles per hour. NASCAR freaked out. They said, we're going too fast. The cars are more aerodynamic, the engines are more efficient, and so this is too fast for these tracks, and so they decided they needed to slow the cars down. So you know what they did? They didn't restrict the size of the engines. They put a plate, a $5 piece of metal, over the air intake valve on the engines, and they drilled four holes in it that only allowed a certain amount of air into the air intake, which decreased the horsepower on these hundreds of, like $600,000 machines. And they put this plate, which restricted just one aspect of all of what was going on in that engine, the amount of air that was brought in, and it kept the engine from going as fast as it could and the car from going as fast as it could. All they did was restrict the air. They called it the restrictor plate. The car drivers hated it. <laughs> because as a result, the cars slow down, and as a result of that, all these cars end up bunching together. And so then, because they're all going the same speed, and there's much, when there's accidents, it might not go into the wall, but they're all hitting each other because they're so close to each other. And for 30 years, the drivers have hated it. This year, they're removing the restrictor plates on those air intake valves. There is something about our faith where somewhere along the line we got an idea that spiritual maturity equals emotional levelness. That spiritual maturity means that there's no more highs or lows in our emotions. That it's all just flatlined. The only way you can remove emotional highs and lows is to restrict affections. If you don't feel as deeply, if you don't love as, as, as highly, if you don't have the affections, then you don't have the emotional response that goes with that. Paul says here to the Corinthians, we have spoken freely to you, Corinthians. Our heart is wide open. You are not restricted by us, but you are restricted in your own affections in return, I'm speaking as to my own kids. I'm speaking as to children. Widen your hearts also. My second request is this, and I think it has to go hand in hand with the first request. With everything inside of you, pray for the rest of this year that God directs your hearts towards him, that he inclines your hearts towards him. But then my second request is this. Please, please, please. Remove the restrictions on your affections. That you might experience the depth of true and real feelings that God designed for us as believers. May we know true and deep joy, true and deep wonder, true and deep love, true and deep 
peace as a result of the fact that we've removed just the restrictor plate on our affections. Do not be afraid of your affections. Instead, ensure that your heart is pointed towards Christ Jesus and allow your heart then to be wide open also. That's my second request. Okay? Uh, final thing. Final thing, and this is a command. Um, is from Psalm 105. I think the best passage in Scripture about giving thanks to God. Psalm 105, I'm going to just read verses 1 through 4. Here's what it says. Psalm 105, verse 1. Oh, give thanks to the Lord. Call upon his name. Make known his deeds among the peoples. Sing to him. Sing praises to him. Tell of all his wondrous works. Glory in his holy name. Let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his presence continually. I love this psalm because this is a psalm that is about giving glory and thanks where it is due. And right now, as we kind of look at where we are in this moment, this is a moment for us as a church to give thanks to God. He deserves it. He's done tremendous things in this church. And there is reason for us to turn our hearts towards him and bless his name. In fact, in that same passage that I started in, 1 Chronicles chapter 29, at the end of it, verse 20, it says, Then David said to all the assembly, Bless the Lord your God. And all the assembly blessed the Lord, the God of their fathers, and bowed their heads and paid homage to the Lord and King. Uh, let's skip down, verse 22. And they ate and drank before the Lord on that day with great gladness. Everything we are doing today is biblical. Right? We are honoring where honor is due. We are giving thanks where thanks is due. And then afterwards, we're going to eat and drink. Why? Because in the midst of all of that, we are just paying homage to our God and King. And so I think it's appropriate that I end with a commandment. Today, let's give thanks to our God and King. Let's bless the Lord. Because, because it is time to celebrate. We were close. The end of our mortgage was in sight. Would we turn inward or would we look outward? Our hearts were stirring for something more. With the mortgage gone, our opportunities were open. What was God calling us to do? You refused to play it safe. You heard the Spirit's call to something more. Our physical debt is gone. Our future has never been better. We celebrated at the bank, but the celebration belongs 
here. Time has come for us to celebrate. We bless the Lord. You are worthy today. And God, just as we have burned. 